everybody, and welcome to Into the Snowdown Galaxy here on the Galaxy Geeks YouTube channel and the Galaxy Geeks podcast feed. If you like what we talk about here on the video side of things, you can hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. That way you can be up to date with all the content that we have to put up here. Also, you can hit the notification bell. That way you'll be notified whenever a new Into the Snowdown Galaxy video comes up on YouTube. Also, if you're listening to us on the podcast feed, you can give us a five-star review if you like what you hear here. If you're what you're listening to, yeah, that was right. And you can leave a comment on the video side to give us your thoughts. And you can follow the Galaxy Geeks on all social media. On Twitter, you can follow us at Galaxy Geeks One. And on Instagram, you can follow us at Galaxy Geeks EL. And Luke, you can correct me on this, but you can also follow us on TikTok at Galaxy Geeks EL. Yes, yes. Yes. With that intro out of the way, I am your host, Elon McKeg, and joining me, as always, he is the Christian Harloff to my Mark Ellis. He is Luke Studded. Luke, how you doing, buddy? Wow, that intro just gets longer and longer every time you say it. And this time, I didn't even have to look at my notes. I was able to just memorize it off the top of my head. Well, in saying that, Today, I want to first off say thank y'all for everyone for liking and commenting and getting to know us on our channel, but we are at 82 subscribers on the YouTube. We want to grow the channel. We need to get up to at least 100 so that we can get our own URL. So we are wanting to grow this channel more and more. The more we grow, the more people who will comment, the more people who will be invested in this, this universe, basically, this galaxy. We want to get to know more people in the community. We want to get to know everyone. So in saying that, please, if you have found this video, please subscribe. We need subscribers. And I I would love to to get to know new people. So in saying that, so Eli, what is our first section for this show? The first topic of today's show is a rookie of the week where we highlight a new rookie. We're almost out of rookies, honestly. And the rookie we are highlighting today is Nikki DiMolanta. For anyone who doesn't know who Nikki DiMolanta is, you must be living under a rock because Nikki DiMolanta is the wife of the current Star Wars champion, Andrew DiMolanta. And she is one of the hosts, along with her husband, Andrew DeMolanta, of the Beyond the Schmodown podcast, a great podcast that everyone should be listening to, along with ours and more. So, Luke, what are your thoughts on Nikki DeMolanta? Because she had her first match this week, this past week. Well, since we're already talking about her, we can already dive, dive into her on our recap. So, the first match of this past week was John Hoey versus Nikki DeMolanta. Nikki was exceptional. She played absolutely great. She was a TKO? It was, I don't want to say, no, no, it wasn't wasn't TKO TKO. because she had to answer her questions and she, or at least she had to at least answer her two and three because she went perfect. Yes, yes. She was lights out, played great. I really want to see her play, not not Demolanta, but um. Well, I do want to see her play Demolanta, but who who is it? Ah, wow, other Star Wars competitor. Um, what what faction? Basically, the wife of the once champion. Molly, you want to? Wanna... Molly, yes, yeah. Molly. Wow. 
I don't know why I could not remember. Molly's one of my favorite people to watch, and <laughs> it took me a bit. Wow, you you were struggling on Molly's name. You want wife versus wife, but yeah, like that entire match, she went lights out. John, like, unfortunately, wasn't able to pull some of them in round number one. I th- yeah, he wasn't able to pull some of them in round number one, and that was allowed that allowed Nikki to pick up the advantage early on and it was very obvious that nikki knew what she was doing for the simple fact of she has been training with andrew since the beginning of his run and if you watch back to the to the promo that they did it was kevin knapsack versus sam whitwer and she was playing along and she was getting them right so she knows her star wars oh yes she did i i was super impressed i can't wait till her next match and saying that, let's move on to the next match of this past week. And that was Danger Zone versus Lightning Time. What do you think? I cannot believe. And this is not me bashing Dan. I'm going to make that abundantly clear. This is not me bashing Dan. I cannot believe it was another Burbs question that <laughs> slew Danger Zone. Well, I think it's the way the question was asked. They really struggled trying to come up with how the question was asked. No one knew that question. No. My guess was the same as Liz. Liz's. I thought it was Turner and Hooch. Well, they almost went that route. But the reasoning, because I went and listened to the action guys, and the, their reasoning was pretty sound. Basically, the reasoning was the question, they or the answer they went with was more of a five-pointer than Turner and Hooch was. See, and I think that's a great thing about these five-pointers. Like, you go into a five-pointer expecting it to be this because, like, oh, that would be a five-pointer answer. But then it's, like, always not expect the unexpected, but it's sort of sometimes a five-pointer can be as easy or not as easy, but the what am I trying to say? The answer can be something very obvious and is not like an obscure film. Yes. So in saying that, because I feel like we've kind of, we just wanted to cover this a little bit because we've got a a big show today. Next on the list is we're moving forward into our singles player of the week. Who is that? Our our singles player of the week is, which this may shock many, Josh Horowitz. Yes. This is going Why'd to Why do you want to go with him? I wanted to go with Josh because unlike the other person that we could have picked, because this is, we separated player, players of the week this week due in, to divisions. So when it comes to singles, we picked Josh because in my opinion, he had to make a comeback. He had to like the underdog story. And he was able to come back when he was behind. And I think that shows, especially being round one of the tournament, this was a round one tournament match. And being able to make a comeback in a round one tournament match is very impressive and very needed because after this match, he may go up against Griffey Nunes or Video Drew. So this was very much a match of you need to know your stuff. And I think he knew a little bit more to get the victory and the comeback story was very much necessary other than the other person who won their singles match 
whereas that person was dominant throughout that entire match. Well, Josh, to me, played great. I I feel like every time he plays, he gets better and better. He, he to me, is leaning. If, Tom, if Thomas Harper does not win the championship, then I'm leaning on Josh for Rookie of the Year. There are a few more, and I hate to say this because you know my relationship with this faction. Um, there are a few in the Finsock Exchange that we can't ignore, like Griffey Humes, yeah. Rick Radis, Jeffrey Kahn, King Kahn. We cannot ignore what the Finsock Exchange has done this season. No, no, you can't. It's just Josh has, Josh has just played at such a level that it would be hard for me to go against him. But Thomas Harper, to me, and we interviewed him, but on a non-biased opinion, Thomas Harper is an incredible player. And his next match will show if he is rookie of the year or not. Because if he gets the championship, he he's he's uh, rookie of the year in my book. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, again, I can't disagree with you on that. But, again, we saw what happened – in said match that we're about to talk about when we talk about the Smodown collision. But let's talk about Josh Horowitz's match, first of all. Do you have the graphic up right now? Yes. All right. So Jen had the lead, I think, coming out of round one. No, coming out of round two, she had the lead. And that was very much the thing that made me go, oh, Jen could come out with the win. This could be Jen's victory right now. But it was round three that really, that was the, round three, when it comes to three round matches, round three is very much proven that it is the deciding factor. Yes. I, I, I love this match. I cannot wait to see them both because Jen Kemp played great and she will continue to do very well. I see a belt in her future, maybe even next year. It won't happen this year because she's done. I mean, this is her season now, which is sad. I mean, it's, is it sad once they lose now? You're not going to see them play the rest of the year? One, yeah, once tournament season, like literally once the tournament starts, that's when they're done. Like overall, because we're in tournament season now. And yes. when tournament season starts, that's usually the sign of, okay, the season is almost over. Sure, we're going to have the um, the Jeff Snyder versus Chance Ellison match. Yes, yes. And then yes. we're going to get Adam versus JTE. Yes, that's, that's what's happening. Um, wh- were you going any farther with that, well, with that thought? Well, my, my thought was we're still going to have those matches in the singles division. So their seasons aren't over yet because whoever loses those matches are going into the singles tournament. all right right. well i feel like we've talked enough about this match even though we love this match it turned out very well but we have the main part of our show the main reason we met today is we will be reviewing collision collision and so in saying that if you've noticed we have not shown the rest of our of the weeks because they are connected to directly to collision so Eli, who is our Star Wars Player of the Week? I mean, this was going to be obvious even after, even before the 
Nikki DeMolon to John Hoey match. Whoever was going to win this match was going to be Star Wars Player of the Week. And our Star Wars Player of the Week is Andrew DeMolanta, the Star Wars champion himself. He pushed Laura Kelly. And I think, I think this is the exact same score as his match against Damon. It was. It was. 51 to 50. No, 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 no. That I mean the second one, because that one was, I think, was also 37-34 in favor of Demolanta. So I think this one is also 37-34 in favor of Demolanta. No, this was 50-50. No, no. 50. no, 51-50 was the main event. Yes, but I thought his was as well. No, his was the very first Damon match. This match was not 51-50. Okay. Because I remember that. I remember this was 37-34, and it was, again, it was a close one. The thing that really took Laura out when we look at the entire match was the speed round, was round four. Yeah, I mean, I I was really sad for her because I picked her. Hmm, yeah, and I didn't. Yeah, nothing yeah, against yeah, we don't... this is this is nothing against Laura Kelly. Like Laura Kelly played fantastically. It's just going to determine now if she's going into the tournament because her Winston and Ace have got to have those talks of if she's going into the tournament. Ace was in the tournament, the mid-season Star Wars tournament, but it's unknown if he's going to be in the ultimate showdown star wars tournament so that's yet to be determined but to go further into this match andrew seemed like he was a little off at times yeah but he was able to write himself by round three well i can say this the star wars questions are getting ridiculous and we say that every year but it's just getting worse here's the problem i got I want to say, no, I think this was my best Star Wars game. I think I got six points. Look, everyone's like, yeah, you got six points in a five-round match. They got 37-34. Look, six is better than none. (laughs) Yeah, so this was was a fantastic match. Again, it sucks that Laura was unable to be the first woman to ever hold the Star Wars title. Again, Maybe by the end of this tournament, we could be singing a different tune because who knows? We have a potential for Nikki or Marie, potential for Laura if she goes into it, potential for um, Molly. There's a Molly. big, there's a big chance that we could see a woman go up against either Thomas Harper or Andrew DeMolanta at Schmodown Spectacular. So who knows? I just know that I am excited for this tournament and this match proved it even further what's with us today forgetting about molly which molly might be some mine and your one of our favorite at least channels to watch with a, yeah. a certain point of view i think the reason why we're forgetting her is because we you and i found out what the first match of the star wars tournament was going to be and we're like oh no <laughs> for the people who don't so- know the first match in the Star Wars tournament is going to be Molly Damon versus Alex Damon. So we're sort of like, Ooh. oh, what is that going to turn into? Yeah. So in saying that, I feel like we we kind of covered our Star Wars of the week. Who Who is our inner geekdom player of the week? 
the only Inner Geekdom player this week, and I'm so happy because it is Amaru Moses. Mm. Three and zero. He TKO'd Saul. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Ugh, man. Got me four all right, points. Let's talk about this match. Let's talk yeah. about this match. How did you do in this match, even? Um, I think the highest I got was 18, which I think that's what Saul's number was. And I think I got the 18 on Amaru's questions. Maybe. Think so. What? Well, do you think Saul in this match, do you think it, the live atmosphere and the stakes got to him? I don't think it did. According to him, like based off of the post-match interview, it was how he was preparing for the match and he didn't prepare in his mind the way he should have and the way he normally does. So that's, in his, again, in his mind, that's what cost him the match. Maybe, maybe he was trying really hard to be a showman or not a show, yeah a showman and try to like yeah, play showman. To, yeah and play to the crowd and maybe that hurt him a little bit because he might have been more focused on playing to the crowd than actually doing the trivia but that's that's just conjecture because again to me he was still very focused and he still seemed like he knew what he was doing and yeah, it just so happened that Amaru got more of the questions that he wanted because he landed on graphic novels, he kept it, and he did very well in that category. And I was able to prove to you, if everyone goes and watch that reaction, I know Planet of the Apes. I know it. I promise you. I just need the right questions. Planet of the Apes has been a killer for everyone who's gotten it this year. I think Saul only missed one question, though, and it was the Beneath the Planet of the Apes question. Yes, but he did have to check down a few times. Yeah, he didn't check down on he that He played one. it safe. Yeah. He played it safe, which in this match, he should not have played it safe. Yeah. I mean, there's only really one way to play this, and like this particular match, and it's risky to play it that way. But if you want the victory, you have to play it risky. And we proved that happened in round three where, my goodness, that has got to kick him in the butt when he said Batman returned instead of Batman forever. Yeah, but in saying that, I don't want to play Saul in this next match. Oh, no, because we all know Christian announced it then who his next match is. It's going to be Saul versus Brandon Hanna 2. A rematch from the very first tournament last year. And I saw a recent tweet by Brandon Hanna. And he said there's a reason why Saul only the Saul show only ran for one episode last year. And I'm like, Ooh, Brandon, uh, don't do that. You're just gonna make him want to kill you more. Oh man, I that next match, it's what he needs. Saul needs that win. Like, I expect Saul to win. But at the same time, if Brandon Hanna plays like he did last year against Saul, this could be a Brandon Hanna match. I don't know. I'm I, never going to count Saul out, though. I won't either. I think Saul, I hope Saul wins. I really do. Not just because I, I really respect how he plays and the work he puts in. Also for his confidence. I really, I really love seeing him get this confident boost this feeling of like this is his family 
Like, Saul feels like this is where he belongs. This is his family. And he doesn't want people to be let down. And, you know, that type of heart and soul and kindness, I, I don't want to see that be burned out. So in saying that, let's go ahead and move on to our next match because I feel like we've kind of, we've, we've kind of uh, talked this one pretty good. Oh, yeah. This, so, this next match is the match that has, in my opinion, the most controversy surrounding it. What's this next match? This next match is Kevin Smith versus Marisol McKee, number one contendership for the singles belt. Marisol McKee, the first woman since Clark Wolf's in two years. Yes, two years. The first woman to play for the singles championship. I am so happy. Look, I know you and I both predicted Kevin Smith to win. That's what my head was saying. My heart. Wanted to pick Marisol because I wanted Marisol to be able to say that she was the first woman since Clark Wolf to play for the singles belt. And she is getting that. I am so happy. But let's talk about, and like, she should be on everyone's mouths about this match. But there are two things that are gonna that are on everyone's mouth. A, how horrible that challenge was at the very beginning. And also the controversy of if Kevin Smith was finished saying his answer before Christian, in Kevin's words, jumped the gun. Well, my first thing is, the first, I know everybody's like, oh, why did you challenge that at the beginning? Two reasons. One, he is newer. I think Coy in this moment should have said, uh, Kevin, let's wait. Let's not use this one here. But he, you mentioned this on the call, like we were talking earlier. He's a showman. He was showing that I'm going to use it. And I'm not against someone using their challenge. And in this moment, he was showing a good show. And I'm not upset that he challenged. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, you, if you got it, use it. Exactly. And I even said to you um, earlier that it was him having fun and him trying, like him being funny, or at least when I was watching it, that's what I was taking away because you saw like even Marisol started laughing at that moment. Like she was in on the joke because he was do being very jokingly like doing that challenge. So he was making people laugh and that's what happened. He wasn't sort of, I don't want to say he was taking that challenge seriously because I think he was, but at the same time he was trying to have fun and make yeah. jokes. And I think everyone has been taking this challenge way out of proportion. Literally, people, I don't want to say people hating on him, but I feel like a lot of people have been throwing a lot of hate his way for doing the worst challenge in Schmodown history. Again, people, <laughs> you got to remember, sure, this is a sport, but it's also a game. People are trying to have fun, and he was having fun. And I, sure, at the end of the day, did he waste a challenge? Yes, but he was having fun gotta remember that like core number one of playing any game he was having fun well the issue is though i don't think it's all about the challenge there's a lot of hate for kevin smith in general at the moment due to masters of the universe and i want us as the galaxy geeks never to send any hate towards anyone and here's the thing i think kevin smith is an absolutely amazing player i cannot wait till he plays this next match 
you mentioned it a little bit that there was controversy in the end where he feels like he did not get the chance to finish. In the amount of time that he paused, because I went and rewatched it a couple times to see how much of a time of a gap, and yes, he he paused so long. There's no way Christian could have known. Well, to counter that, again, as everyone knows, I've played in I play in the online trivia league, so I have seen I have been a part of matches and I have seen different matches. There have been times when I have seen like some of my opponents. When they're about to say, like, if it's, like, one, two, three, like, a Spider-Man 2. And, like, people are trying to pull Spider-Man 2. There would be times when people would say, Spider-Man, and, like, have a long pause before they said 2. Because they know, like, oh, like, I know it's Spider-Man, but I gotta, like, wait to, I gotta think about it for a little bit longer before, like, I fully confirm that that's my answer. And... According to Kevin, that's what he was doing. That's what he was trying to do. And I think if we do follow what Kevin Smith was saying, Christian jumped the gun before he fully picked his answer. And again, this is if Kev- what Kevin is saying is 100% what he was doing. But again, I literally, when I first watched it, I was on Christian's side. I thought Kevin was done with the answer too. But then like Kevin's entire controversy with that, and now, for everyone who saw the cutscene after that, this could be leading to Christian versus Kevin Smith. Which would be great. That would be such a fun match. And it would be the first time Christian has played since the Smoes exhibition match. The five-round yes. exhibition match. So, yeah, this is a match that I am looking forward to. I have, like, vocally said, like, I want to see them have one more run, like, both Christian and Mark. I want to see them have one more run. And if this is a way to do it, have Kevin Smith versus Christian Harloff, have at it. Because I want to see Christian play again. I know, I know Christian still has some gas left in his tank. And it's all about using it properly. And I know this Smodown Spectacular 6, I'm calling it right now, Christian Harloff, Kevin Smith. Well, I'll say this. I think Christian needs it. Christian needs something to get his creative juices flowing because he is, and you could tell even with this match where you mentioned how Kevin Smith was being the showman. And we used to have that in the showdown, but recently with the digital uh, era, we didn't have a choice. It became more, it became a sport. This is a sport now. And that's not a bad thing, but next year it's going to come back to a sport and wrestling and storylines and being creative i think you're going to see costumes again i think you're going to see entrances again you're going to see all of it because it's no longer just the sport aspect it's the show that's the fun it's christian being able to do storylines and whatever the shmominati is we're going to probably find out more about what we're going to we're going to see more with Grace because we we just saw a cutscene about Jay and Shannon and Christian. And there's all these things going to start happening, which is great. I cannot wait. It's just we've just got to get in studio and we are starting to get there. It's slow, but it's happening. And so we'll see what happens. So in saying that, let us move on to what I would say is my favorite match of the week who is 
our team of the week, Eli? Our team of the week are the pe- are people that are known for making very extravagant entrances, like Lucas said. But this time they only had a little flourish of confetti. That is <laughs> the team champions, defending, retaining champions, the team of William Bibiani and Brendan K. Meyer. Shazam! Whoo! I mean, where to begin with this match? Like, where do you even start with it? You start simply at the beginning. Bibiani, Brendan, Chance, perfect. Mike slipping up a little bit, but that seems to be the recurring theme recently with the corruption matches. Mike isn't the one that go perfect, but it's okay. Chance is there. Then you get to round two, and Mike and Chance spin the perfect slice. The perfect slice for them. They trip up a little bit on the last two, but mixed bag inner geekdom, that is the perfect slice for them. And they were able to get back a little bit at the beginning. That's what they Mm -hmm. needed. That slice is exactly what they needed. And then, again, those seals are the things that really killed them, for in round two at least. Because then they came back in round three. Great bet. Able to get three points. Shazam able to get two, which Shazam got 2,000s and they were able to tower through all of them. Um, But the thing that really pushed it in Corruption's favor a little bit, the buzzer round, the speed round, Chance Ellison, four for five. Chance is the king of the speed round. Ooh, wow. He nailed it. There's something I want to bring up, and I think this might be an interesting thought, and I've not heard many people think of this. Everyone's like, well, Mike always misses a few, and that's just what happens. But I think, in a weird way, psychologically-wise, when he does that, it puts his competitors in a false sense of security. Because... You, you've got Chance beside him that will bring them back, especially in that round two, because normally in round two, Mike's on it. And Mike normally it does extremely well in the second round and the third round. So that first round, he might miss a couple, but it puts this false sense of security on his com- opponents. And I would not I would not give Mike or Chance anything because they will always come back. Exactly. And that's what they did in round four. And then we get into round five where they corruption needed to get all of their points right. And they did to win and retain Shazam needed to get all of them, right? They missed the five pointer going into sudden death. And if you watch the reaction, I got that one, right? Because I have seen that Coco a lot, so I knew the answer. <laughs> uh, literally, like once I heard the question, I was like, "Oh, large bell." Anyway, <laughs> ignoring my reaction, sudden death again for the quirky Mercs. Not even like Shazam for the quirky Mercs. Ooh, I thought at the mounting question, like with the um. When two of them said South Carolina, one of them, like that one, I thought that match was done. I honestly thought the match was over but because all of them, only two of them had the same answer and everyone else was different. But we kept on going. <laughs> and then 
the greatest victory, in my opinion, just for the simple fact that Shazam, the final score was 51-50. The third 101 win for the Quirky Mercs. The third one. Man, that match. Let's, because we, we've, we've explained the match. Let us now announce who our manager of the week is, because this is the cherry on top of all of it. Who is our manager of the week? The manager of the week this week, in my opinion, is the manager that managed Josh Drew Shazam perfectly to get the victory. And he is the reason why the quirky mergs are number one of the faction standing now. Our manager of the week is Koi Jandro. This entire week. Man. This entire week of like quirky mercs being on top is because of Koi. Now, Koi will probably disagree with me and say, no, it's because of my players. Koi, if you would not have managed them this way, they would not be the winners that they are. And Koi deserves so much. I know for a fact that Sam is going to like hear, probably listen to this and be like, um, excuse me, I won three matches this week as well. Like, sure, but you didn't win title matches. (laughs) <laughs> and not even that Koi was able to get his guys to defend titles that Koi proved himself as a manager at collision this week again quirky marks are number one number one of the faction standings when they were literally at the bottom in the <laughs> negatives starting this season out and now they're number one if you want to talk about an underdog comeback story this is the one you talk about this is the story this is going to be the story of the season if the quirky mercs are able to continue this trajectory i don't know if jesse will be able to win the inner geekdom belt i that's very unlikely to me but if shazam is able to keep the belt if drew is able to keep the belt if Bibiani or Brendan Meyer or whoever from the Quirky Mercs are able to win the singles belt. This is a potential for the Quirky mm-hmm. Mercs to say this is the best season for the Quirky Mercs. Not even because of how they played this week, but how they were able to come back from a negative and win. Uh, That's what does this remind you of? This reminds me of corruption a little bit because at the beginning of last season corruption was at the bottom and then they won and i know shannon has been going on and saying like oh this happened to us last year where we weren't at the top but we're gonna win it again and i'm like yeah but corgi marks are in the exact same spot you were they were at the bottom and now they're at the top literally in the exact same positions so it's all about now the story is can the quirky marks keep their spot or will the dungeon be able to reclaim number one? Or will the Finsock Exchange be able to claim number one? It's that is the story going into tournament season. Well, in continuing that story, let's go ahead and go into our predictions. Oh my so, goodness. We have four 
massive matches this week. And they are not in order, I don't think. I I have the order in front of me. Okay. The first one I have pulled up is Robert Parker versus Jesse Swift. That is the first match of the Ultimate Schmodown Interdictum Tournament, round one, and it is the first match coming out this Wednesday. Luke, you just heard me talk about it. I don't see Jesse Swift winning the IG belt, so I'm picking Robert Parker. Robert had a big loss against Sean Drew earlier this season, or the first half of the season, but now, because of that loss, I can tell you right now, Robert is going to be committed to winning this tournament and and a lot of people because they released the bracket a lot of people have been saying that his side of the bracket's a little bit easier but just because robert is an amazing player we can't take away from paulo yama or we don't even know what ethan Irwin can do so we don't know we do not know we're going to talk about the bracket next week because, again, Collision was so big this week that we needed to uh-huh. put a lot of focus on Collision. And we'll talk about the confirmed players for the singles tournament next week. We'll talk about the IG tournament bracket next week. We'll talk about some of the confirmed players for the Star Wars tournament. The team tournament is the only one that's out there that is unknown. So, yes. as of right now, for this match, Robert Parker, the win. I want to go as far as to say... I see Robert winning either by knockout or TKO. Well, I will say this. I'm going Robert. This one, Robert is playing great. I do have a question for you. Do you think they should have went with Mara, or do you think they should have went with Robert? I... If you were in this... If you were in the dungeon shoes, who would you have chosen? If I was in the dungeon shoes... Do you want me to take bias out of this because you know I'm biased towards Robert? Yes, this is complete no bias. Okay. You being the manager of the dungeon, who do you put in the Inner Geekdom tournament? Nothing against Robert. Honestly, I would have put Mara in the tournament. I would have too. I, I think Robert is an absolutely a beast. But Mara's gameplay, I mean, she barely lost against Mike. I and... know. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, I know, I think I know why they put Robert in instead of Mara. It's because Mara has held the belt. And I think they want it to put someone in here in the tournament. They want to put him over. Exactly. They want to put him over. I get it. I get it. I mean, for for the wrestling side of it, it makes a lot more sense. It's the sports side of it I'm looking at going... Man, Mara would would have blown through these matches. It's the same with John Roca in the Finsock Four. Roca didn't want to put himself in; he wanted to put the younger talent over instead. And I understand that mindset. I yes, understand. I but if you're Tom again, you know me. I if I would have put bias in it, I would have put Robert in anyway. But you know. You should, people know, or like the managers should know who their like staples are, who their cornerstones are. And Mara is literally, but then again, okay, hold up, time out. I may, I'm hitting the reset button because Robert was their first solid pick for free agency. 
at the very beginning of the free agency special, yeah. Robert was yeah. the one that he saved. So now yeah. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, maybe Robert was the right pick, at least to Kaiser's mind. Maybe. I mean, I'm not against I'm not against the pick. Here's the thing. It, I mean, they're two great competitors. I mean, it's it's like literally it's hard to pick between the two. I mean, they were in a very difficult situation. I don't blame them for picking Robert at all. Robert's a beast. So I think he's going to run through this tournament, hopefully. But in saying that, I don't know. I, I guess I'm a little biased towards Mara because I just really enjoy watching her play. I love her joy to the game. But in saying that, let's let's move on to the next match. William the Beast Bibiani versus Jacob London. Who yes. do you got? Well, you get the choose first this time. Oh, man. So first off, uh, Jacob London, I think, is an, a great player. I think he will play great. Also, because we love her girl, his girlfriend so much, uh, Taylor Robinson, shout out, because we always shout you out. And yeah, <laughs> but... Also saying that, I think I'm going William the Beast Viviani. He's playing a different game right now, and it's his time to really win in singles. Jacob is hungry. Jacob, unfortunately, went up against a competitor that was just slightly better than him in Jacoby Bancroft. That's that's just flat out. And Jacob is hungry after that loss. And after the free-for-all, my goodness, Jacob London. However... All of that being said, I'm looking at this objectively and looking at it through everything. William Bibiani defended the team's belt. He was the one, if you look back at the match, he was the one that honestly pulled the victory for Shazam. Without him knowing Kevin Bacon, the match would have kept on going for another yeah. extra round. So with that being said, I also have to pick William Bibiani. I don't know if, it, if Bibiani is going to make it to the finals. I am very much looking forward to this also being an upset. I am like, either win, I'm happy. But based off of everything that we have seen, I, am, I can't go against William Bibiani. I can't. Not, not, yeah. not with everything that's recently happened. William for, is my pick. All right. Next is... The Hurricane, Jader Paramo, versus the Boston Bad A, Paige Fabretti. Yep, you're censoring that you for got? the main show. Um, oh, okay. Oh, my goodness. I feel like out of all the matches, this one and the next match are going to be the hardest ones to pick. The other ones are a little bit easier because there's a little bit more on their side. Jader is that, like, he's good. He's not... Like he's one of those players recently, where it's like agents too. Paige was able to prove herself in the last match, though. Like I'm, I feel I'm like not disagreeing with you. I feel like out of the two, Paige is the more consistent because Jader is either hot or well, cold on the best stage. Paige is more consistent, and I think because of how Paige's consistency is, I'm picking Paige for Betty for the win. I agree with you. I'm going with Paige. Paige to me is such a awesome competitor. 100%. I cannot wait to watch her. I hope she watches this video just because we really enjoy watching her and she's awesome. I I, I hope we get to interview her one day. That would be a fun in, in uh and today's special guest. That would they would be interesting because then we'd have to be Paige. Now remember, um, no swearing is allowed. Uh, yeah. So that's all. 
the rest of it <laughs> we gotta censor your nickname when we say it so don't worry but yeah i mean she's she's consistent jader again jader when you when when you look at his match against janine and his most recent match against zipper it's one of those he was cold for janine but he was hot with zipper or he was hot with zipper whereas Paige has been very consistently good she just her yes. match against jess was just Jess being just a little bit better, whereas her last match was very. See, I don't think you can remind me. I don't think she missed a question in that last match. No, she did not. So there you she go. She did not. She played great. The consistency with Paige awesome. is the victory. Now we go to our last match, the pay per view event that was filmed live on August first in the Scum and Villainy Cantina. It is. For the singles championship, Dan Merle defending against Ethan Irwin. This is like what the seventh time they've played each other. Oh my goodness! And you got to pick it first. You go. You get to pick. No, you get to pick this one first. I do. No, no. Didn't I pick? No, I picked Paige first, oh, and then you agreed. So you got to pick it first. Oh, did you? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why'd you do this to me? Uh, All right, we've got I, I a lot of history first. here. Mm-hmm. The last time that the last time Dan played singles with Ethan Irwin, Dan won. The last time they played in general was teams. Did Ethan won? Yeah, Dan. Yeah, Ethan won. Danger Zone versus now, Lightning Time. We've not seen Dan play singles in a bit. Ethan's on a hot streak. Literally, Ethan beat Dan's team partner. That yes. was the last singles match that Ethan had. I might be wrong. I'm going with Dan. Explain. Dan, to me, has to win. If Dan loses, his year looks horrible. If and even though he won the championship, and which is great, awesome. I mean, I'm not saying I'm. I'm let me take that back. This midseason, he won't look as good. But Dan has to win it. He doesn't have a choice. So I am gonna go with Dan. I, I just feel like he's got a lot of heat on him right now. I'm just leaning towards him. Dan or Ethan is hungry for a belt. He's about yeah. to go for the team's belt with the current trajectory because I, I believe that the victory over Danger Zone is going to lead him to play in a number one contenders match against Final Exam. And then that winner of that will go for Shazam. I can I'm almost guaranteeing that. So he's already on trajectory for the team's belt. Again, this match is for the singles belt. So I'm weighing the options. Dan is angry at Ethan over that last match. You cannot tell me Dan is not angry at Ethan. And it's like, it's not even anything personal. It's the Burbs. I would not be shocked. Actually, I would be shocked if a Burbs question pops up. I will legitimately be shocked (laughs) if the Burbs pops up again in another Dan match. But looking at everything, man. Because I made the joke earlier to you. 
like what if Ethan is the first person to go triple belted? Like let's say Lightning Time wins the team's belt. Ethan wins the IG tournament, which if Ethan Irwin wins the IG tournament, I'm going to be shocked. But if he wins that, and then he wins the singles belt. That's three belts for him. And I'm saying if he wins them and defends them, it's spectacular. I'm looking at everything. Ethan is like a triple threat type of performer where you can sing, dance, and act. He is, if he wins, does great in all three, he's a triple threat. The question now becomes, who's hungrier? And you're right. Dan needs it more. And I think Ethan's pretty hungry. But I do not think Ethan is as hungry as Dan is. And Dan really mm. needs this victory for the dungeon. Because if he went, because if Robert wins, dungeon goes up a little bit more. If Dan wins, I think they go back to number one. I don't know. People would correct me on that. So, yeah, I think, I think the anger that Dan has from that team's match is going to um, possess him to get that victory. And again, the last time Dan played Ethan one-on-one, Dan won. So if Ethan is able to, I'm ready to get shocked. Again, if Dan wins, I'm going to be happy. If Ethan wins, I'm going to be happy. I'm not going to be angry if either person, if one or the other um, wins. I just know that this match is going to be making a lot of waves. Because if Ethan wins, Dan's going into the singles tournament. Yep. And if Dan so wins, Ethan's in the tournament. So, so you're going with Dan. Yes, I'm going with Dan. We are equal. This should be a week. So in saying that, everyone, today was a, was a longer episode. We've not done many longer episodes in a while, but this was a lot of information Next week, we are going to be talking about the tournaments, which should be something else. That's going so to be saying just that, as long. We are going to first. Oh, yes. So in saying that, if you would, please like, comment, and subscribe to this video. We are still trying to increase our subscribers. We want to get to 100 because that helps us so much in the YouTube algorithm and everything else. So in saying that, I have been Luke Sutter. I have been Eli McKaig. And I hope you all have a great rest of the day. See you, buddy.